Greetings, viewers and listeners. Thank you so very much for joining me one more time on an episode of All Things Faith Walk. I'm excited for another episode. The Lord has kept us and here we are again. And you have taken the time to listen or watch another episode of All Things Faith Walk. And I am so grateful. I pray that this will be a blessing to you. We are continuing in this series. This is part two of three part talking about the indicators of spiritual maturity. I'm talking about 17 indicators of spiritual maturity. In the prior session, I talked about six indicators of spiritual maturity. And today we're going to talk about a few more of them. And uh, if you have not subscribe to this channel. I'm encouraging you to do so. I'm encouraging you to like, share, forward it, um, comment, um, make comments and um, interact with me. I would love to do that. Um, so here we are again, going into the word. All Things Faith Walk is where we talk about the word in practical terms so that we can take them and walk them out in our daily lives. Honestly, Hearing the word, singing the word, preaching the word, teaching the word, knowing the word and not activating them in our lives is no good. Do us no good. James says we are deceiving ourselves if we, if we do that. And so this podcast was created specifically to help us break the word down in bite-sized, elementary, digestible, easily understood ways so that the simplest person can understand it and live it out. Amen. So let's get into it. Um, the key scripture for this series is Galatians 4 verse 9, which says, My little children, for whom I am again in the pains of or the labor pains, the throes of laboring over you in prayer, that Jesus Christ will be completely and permanently formed in you, that you will mature in Christ to the degree that Jesus is completely formed in you. The King James Version says, my little children of whom I travail in birth, it's like labor pains, giving birth, the product, the birth, the baby is maturity in Christ in the saints, be formed in you. And as I said on the prior episode, it's clear that a primary responsibility or duty or obligation of a bishop or a pastor is the spiritual growth of the members of the church, not the numbers of church members, but the spiritual growth and maturity of the members of the church. It's the word getting into the believers and them walking out the word, becoming more like Christ. That's really spiritual maturity. It's also our responsibility. But you see, Bishop Paul is what I like to call him, laboring over the saints of Galatia in prayer until Christ be formed in them. So it becomes a responsibility of his. As a quick review, the six we covered last time, put, all, put away petty things, increasing love for the Father, increasing, des increasing desire or hunger for spiritual things, Control the tongue, obedience to the word of God, know the word. Those are the six we covered, obedience to the word of God and know the word. Today, we're going to cover increasing hatred for sin, 
and prompt repentance when commit a sin. No sin strongholds. Unashamed witness for Christ. That's three. See trials as training. That's four. And live by faith. That is what the word says, not by sight, which is what's happening around us. All right. So we're going to cover those. Um, so let me skip over to the first one we're covering today. Increasing hatred for sin and prompt repentance when commit a sin. We should hate sin, not the sinner. We, we should have a holy disgust, holy dis, distaste for sin. No sin can dwell in his presence. Sin separates us from our father. We should hate sin. And when we do sin, not if we sin, when we do sin, we should repent quickly. Don't hide from him. If we know our father, we know that when we sin, he's anxiously waiting for us to come to him. First John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. So when we are mature in the Lord, we know him. We know his love, his love towards us is unconditional. The father of the prodigal son signifies Jesus. He was waiting, looking out for his son to come back. He does the same for us. Proverbs 3, 5 says the righteous hates falsehood, but the wicked brings shame and disgrace. We ought to hate falsehood we ought to hate sin when we grin and laugh and 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 collude and and partner with things that are done outside of the will and purpose and word of god it's not a sign of spiritual maturity when we enjoy evil when we and even even if we're not doing it i would even say when we're entertained by evil when we find movies with the gruesome, terrible things and profanity. No. Spiritual maturity give us a dislike, a distaste, a disgust, a hate for those things. And hate is a strong word. So we ought to have strong negative emotions towards sin. Romans 12, 9 says, let love be genuine. Abhor, hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. It's okay to feel the emotion of hate at this point in time. Hate sin. Definitely not the sinner. Hate sin. Number eight, I'm sorry, number two. Should not have sin stronghold. When we grow up in the Lord, when we mature in the Lord, we should not have a sin that have a stronghold over us. Now, some may disagree with me. <laughs> but you're not mature yet. If you have this thing going on in your life that you keep sinning and crying out to God and you keep going back to it, it's a stronghold. Sin should no longer rule in our members. What shall we say then? Romans 6 verses 1 to 2. Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? That's a question the Apostle Paul is asking the church. By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? So sin should not be an abiding element in our lives. Yes, we will slip and the righteous fall seven times and get back up. And seven is just a number. 
So it could be 70, it could be 700, it could be 7,000. As long as you get back up, sin should not be abiding in our members. It shouldn't be ruling. That's the key thing there. Shouldn't be ruling in our members. A mistake is different from a ruling, reigning, resident thing. So that thing is there and you can't get rid of it. That's not a sign of spiritual maturity. That's what this is talking about. Verses six to seven says, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. We should no longer be a slave to sin. So that thing you want to get rid of, but you can't get rid of it and you keep falling into it, even though you pray today and tomorrow you're back into it and you pray and you're crying, you feel bad and you feel condemned. And two days later, a week later, you're back into it. You're a slave to it. You're a slave to it. And Romans right here is saying we should no longer be enslaved to sin. So a person who is in that situation, that is not a sign of spiritual maturity. I'm not talking about being perfect and flawless. I'm talking about growing up in the Lord. The next one is unashamed witness for Christ. Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim, preach the gospel to the whole creation. If we can't be a witness to Christ, if we can't open up our mouth because we are ashamed it's not a sign of spiritual maturity. If we can't defend the gospel with the life we live, no matter where we are, it's not a sign of spiritual maturity. If we become a chameleon, meaning when wherever we are, we blend in with the crowd and don't stand out, stand out to be different, it is not a sign of spiritual maturity. So we preaching the gospel, whether you open your mouth or not, and oftentimes it requires opening our mouth. We ought to do that without shame. Without hesitation, if we can do that, it's a sign of spiritual maturity. Acts 1.8, you see that right here, but, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my what? My witness, my testimony in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So wherever we find ourselves, we ought to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Wherever we find ourselves, we ought to be a ready witness for Jesus Christ. When we can't do that, it's not a sign of spiritual maturity. Maybe we can't do that because we're not living the life, or maybe we can't do that because we call ourselves shy, or we are ashamed. The crowd we are in shouldn't know that we have this belief. It's not a sign of spiritual maturity. Isaiah 40, you are my witness. This is verses 10 to 12, declares the Lord and my servant. We are his witness. We are his servant whom he has chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. We are one, his witness, his servant, and we are chosen by him. Before me, no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. I am the Lord and besides me, there is no savior. So if you're going to talk about anyone as a savior, it ought to be Jesus Christ. I declared and saved and proclaimed when there was no strange God among you and you are my witness, declares the Lord. 
I am God. We are his mouthpiece. We are his mouthpiece. And when we can't do that, it's not a sign of spiritual maturity. We must know the word sufficient. We talked about that in the first one, first um, episode. We must know the word sufficient to be a witness, an effective, accurate, on point witness for Jesus Christ. So witness tell of what a person saw, heard, or experienced. So we must know something. We must have experienced something with him. We must have heard something about him. It's a testimony about the gospel truth that we have experienced and heard. What have we experienced that we can tell to someone else? A witness for Jesus Christ. It, it is a way of sharing the hope of Christ with others. If we can't do that, we are not moving towards spiritual maturity. Unashamed, unashamed. We are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. So in the same way, we ought to let our light shine before others so that they may see our good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. Let us be a witness. Let us be a witness. Let our light shine so that men must turn to the God that we serve and glorify him. Outside of that, we are not pointing towards, heading towards spiritual maturity. And I think this is the last one for this episode. See trials as training. 2 Timothy 3, 6. 2 Timothy 2, verses 3 to 6. Take your share of suffering as a good soldier. King James says, endure hardness as a good soldier. Take your share. So suffering is coming. Take your share as a good soldier of Christ. No one in military service gets entangled in matters of everyday life. Otherwise, he will not please the one who recruited him. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he will not be crowned as the winner unless he competes according to the rules. The farmer who works hard ought to have the first share of the crop. So listen, when we go through trials, there's a reward. It's not if we go through trials, we will go through trials. When we go through trials, there's a reward. We are strengthened for, for the next trial. We are, our muscles get stronger. Our faith muscles get stronger. Our endurance gets stronger. Romans 3, 5, 3 to 5 says, not only this, but we also rejoice in sufferings. Knowing that, listen, suffering produces endurance. I just said that. When we suffer, we learn to endure. Suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. You can't buy character. You earn character by suffering. There are benefits in suffering and character gives us hope. We get hope from suffering and hope does not disappoint because the, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Look at suffering as exercising your faith. And by exercising your faith, you, your faith muscle gets stronger, which means you can lift more. 
You can endure more. You can go through more without complaining and wondering why and asking him, God, how come? Why me? But you can endure it like a good soldier, knowing you're fighting a battle and you're going to win. See trials and suffering as training ground, as training. When we have that perspective, it's pointing to spiritual maturity. 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, For our momentary light suffering, listen, is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. No suffering, no glory. Suffering produces glory, producing for us an eternal weight of glory. No suffering, no glory. Some of us want the glory without suffering. Change your perspective on suffering. Change your perspective on, on when life isn't going the way you want it to go. See it as training. See it as preparation for your glory that lies ahead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See training. See suffering, I'm sorry, as training for your glory. 2 Corinthians 12, 10. So I am well pleased with weakness, with insults, with distress, with persecutions, and with difficulties for the sake of Christ. For the sake of Christ. Key, not stuff you get yourself into. For when I'm weak in human strength, then I am strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. I, will, I hope you catch this. When I am weak in human strength, then I am strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. His grace is sufficient to take us through the suffering. Change your perspective on suffering. See it as training. See it as training. And the last one, live by faith. What the word says, not by sight, what's happening in our surroundings. I'm going to leave that one for the next one. And we will deal with that in the next episode. So today we talked about increasing hatred for and prompt for sin and prompt repentance when committing a sin. No sin strongholds unashamed witness for Christ and seeing trials as suffering. I pray you heard something th that will prompt you to examine where you are while I do the same, because I don't want to teach it and be a castaway, while I do the same to come to a place of spiritual maturity. We're talking about the indicators of spiritual maturity. And I pray that this is making a difference to you looking at where we are in these areas of our lives. We want Christ to be formed in us. We want to mature, be mature in Jesus Christ. We want to reflect him in all we do, say, think, desire, hope for, plan, all our aspirations, all our dreams, all our wishes, everything we do, we wanted to reflect him. We wanted to reflect him. So thank you, thank you, thank you again for joining me on All Things Faith Walk today. I pray you've been blessed like I am. I enjoy teaching it. Join me again for the next episode coming out a week from this. All Things Faith Walk. Subscribe, share, comment. Info at Books by Rosemary. 
Rosemary Downer, anywhere you can find me, Books by Rosemary. Follow, share. And I have some books on my website, booksbyrosemary.com. That may be edifying to you. A book on forgiveness, a book on doubt, depression, distraction, discouragement, fear, failure, frustration, a couple of devotionals, Bible studies. Take a look. So thank you again for joining me on this episode of All Things Faith Walk. May the Lord bless you, strengthen you, keep you. Be encouraged. Keep looking up because better days are coming by and by. The Lord bless you.